when I met my best friend, the first person I met when I got here from the Philippines is Will. Well, I am. Hey, hey, welcome to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. Tonight we have a best of show for so you. Our first guest is uh, Apple D App, right? We have a clip from him and he's sharing his. We uh, have Apple D App from the Black Eyed Peas, J.S. Perak. He is an Apple author, a philanthropist, and businessman, uh, brought Sony Entertainment to India. Mickey Willis, a controversial filmmaker and father. Kat Haber, founder and creator at TEDx Vale. Random Rad, a masterful musician and trance dance leader. And then Martina Hoffman, a master painter. Yeah, you're on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. You can find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and we SoundCloud. We are so blessed to connect with these amazing creators. Every time I listen to these segments, I'm kind of just drawn in and love getting fed on so many different levels, the wisdom, even our show that we did the week before last with Tamsin, I felt so alive after it. I need to go back to fill back up on uh, our banter with her. I think these shows just came from uh, last May, last May, right? Last May, June. Yeah, this this started, you know, shortly after we entered into the COVID. We got kicked out of studio into a home studio. So some of the recordings, we can sense that. And now we're moving back into a more formal studio space. So by our conversations and some of the glimpses we'll get, you can sense what everyone has traversed during this world pandemic. Yeah, welcome LA, New York, Chicago, and anywhere there's a riot. You guys need the joy zone for sure. <laughs> Get out of the autonomous zone and jump into the joy zone. Imagine if we just all dance, like trans dance through the city. We get random route out there on a bus with ice cream and some espresso. You can put down the Molotov cocktails. So our first guest is uh, Apple D. App, right? We have a clip from him, and he's sharing his uh, initiation, how Will I Am discovered Apple D. App, and how Apple D. App came to the United States to uh, make history. Yes, it's quite, if you don't believe in serendipity or destiny, their relationship is so destined. Those two cross paths in the most weird, unusual manner. <laughs> Angeles City, Philippines to Los Angeles, California. What just shows how life, you just never know what life has in store for you. Stay open, take some risks, step into uncertainty, and, and take, a, take a full swing at it. And that's what uh, these United States of America provides for anybody. Absolutely, and he, he is a hero in his own country. Uh, interesting enough, the Filipinos, they travel all over to support their families, and so everywhere Apple goes, he has a whole entourage because they literally will go anywhere in the world and they send the money back to support their families in the Philippines. Well, anybody that can fill up a stadium with 100,000 people is a pretty powerful guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just so amazing. Mr. Pineda, that's his, his real name. Mr. Pineda, <laughs> they're so sweet. <laughs> hey, let's tune in. Let's listen to this clip. When I met my best friend, the first person I met when I got here from the Philippines is Will. Well, I am. And uh, we started hanging out and he's like, you know, our first uh, conversation was, you're from the Philippines? I've <laughs> never heard of that place. What do you do there? You know, I'm like... <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I like to uh, take care of water buffaloes and I like to break dance. He's like, what? You like to break dance? And then he's like, oh, show me some moves, you know? So I started, you know, showing like the running man. 
And then, you know, so that got us like, oh, it's because Will, you know, he, he's been doing music pretty much, you know, his whole life, you know. I mean, like, he's been trying to rap and dance, trying to uh, hopefully in the uh, future to be out there as an artist. And um, so when I told him I break, uh, I, I, I break dance, so we started practicing together. You know, and then we form a dance group. Um, then we would just like batter other b-boys in like Glendale, uh, Santa Monica, uh, UCLA, all these things. Or just break dance everywhere. And he's like, yo, you should rap. I'm like, what? I can barely speak English, man. I just got here, you know, from the Philippines. I'm like, you should rap. And it's like, and then he'll just put on beats and like, yo, it's like, just say whatever is in your head, take it as fast as you can, and try to rhyme it. I'm like, okay, got it. So simple. <laughs> and uh, literally, so he put on a beat, and uh, it's like, I try to come up with something in my head. I'm like, wow, what do I want? And then I was like, this, I was like, it's like, yeah, I told you, you got it. Yo, that was dope. What is it? I was like, oh, that was the ABCs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was the ABCs of Tagalog. <laughs> so, you know what, by doing that, I was like, oh, you know what, I could keep time. So then I took off and then I started writing after that. You are listening to the Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio on 99. Currently find Indie Creators in the Joy Zone on iHeartRadio, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Wow. Like, 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 how about that for an immigrant coming to America, saying your ABCs in your own language and impressing one of the greatest musical artists and talents we have? Well, imagine this is, they're 14 at this point. And Will, I am, is a very driven soul, so he does not uh, give up easily. He has lots of perseverance, so I love that story. He's pushing Apple to go for it. <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing. We got it also into how, like, the origin of his talent and where he got that from. He got that from that break dancing. So let's play that. Let's roll a little clip about that. Yeah, so that, that, that break dance and that dance was the key to understanding where you needed to be as a performer, the free aspect of that. Wow, that's really... That's very cool. Yeah, that, that yep. That's fucked everything up. Like, oh, I, okay. You know, and then it, it gave me like confidence, you know, of like, oh, I could do this. Yeah, is that funny? Isn't that funny? Sometimes we have to wait for some part of our mind to give us permission to do something. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> it is. It is. So, how about that for a little teaser for? Apple D app and uh, how he got his start. We, we have a whole hour interview. You can find it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or uh, what is that? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, go, go. You can get to the whole interview. And there's so many creative little uh, insights that he gives. And if you're an aspiring rapper or just a just a fan of fan of the artist at work, uh, this is a great interview to listen to. He is a masterful creator for sure why don't we uh transition out of this little segment with one of his solo songs which most people don't have 
access to other than his produced videos because he's assigned as a group artist to the Black Eyed Peas. How about that? That's a special little treat. Let's listen to some some uh, Apple the App. All right.
always great to have the opportunity to hear international rock stars solo work. You don't get to hear that every day. Wow, super talented guy. What a heart. Heart of gold. I mean, everybody needs to hear that music right now. Absolutely. What a treat. Yeah, you're on Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. You can find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, You're listening to the best of Indie Creators in the Joy Zone, and uh, that was Apple D. App, and we have uh, J.S. Parekh. J.S. Parekh. From Uh, Singapore. From Singapore. Genius, genius billionaire guy. He just wrote an awesome book, and he has some super, super wonderful advice for us here in the United States in terms of how to reorganize our structure so that we can actually be a better country. This guy's, hey, anybody, that that sounds like huge, but this guy is so smart. He's so on it. He's so interesting. Well, he has a lot to offer. I mean, he grew up in Calcutta in in modest beginnings and then came to the United States of America, built his professional career with IBM, and then migrated back to the East, to Singapore, and has a big philanthropic heart, yet his business acumen is fun to watch in action. Touches my heart every time I listen to it. Well, he definitely fits that indie creator's mold because he's an independent thinker. He's a nonconformist. He's got a great heart. He's he's a man of service. He's a philanthropist on the, of the first order. And everything he does seems to be to serve humanity. And he, he tunes into us from Singapore. So it's fun to listen to his perspective from where he is on the other side of the planet. Absolutely. And what I was really fascinated by that I think is an appropriate conversation right now that we've been having because people seem to want the government to take care of everyone. And the one thing that we landed on in that interview was his favorite combination in a business structure is profitable enterprise that does good. And his fund, Jungle Ventures, really looks for that. And he says that most of the young up-and-coming business people really want that modality, a business that can be profitable, doesn't require handouts, and then does good. So I think that's a huge key for all of us. Uh, Instead of leaning left to wanting the government to pay for everything, that we might consider that profitable business that does good. What's the name of that book again? The book is What Shall We Do With All This Money? Yeah, and Suzanne Toro has actually got a chapter in that book. How about that? Our very own Suzanne Toro is uh, as a, is the only non-Indian in an all-Indian written book. Yes. <laughs> the Indian diaspora. And Jayash had to go to bat to get me in the book. There was a lot of pushback. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's quite an honor to be in a best-selling book. I mean, with this guy, he's super, super cool, super on it. Let's listen to this clip. Let's do it. What am I going to do with all this money? Yes. How's it panning out? Yes. So what shall we do? Yes, it's it's very good. I mean, you know, it was an epiphany that just happened one day where I thought about this. What shall we do with all this money? So I went at it and I interviewed a bunch of people. The book is doing quite well until the lockdown. What does that mean? People aren't reading during the lockdown? That's when they should read. The, The book is doing quite well. The publication came out mainly in India first and then we're also on Amazon and we sold 5,000 copies so far in the first three months which for an unknown author uh, is is pretty good and we yeah. still don't have an ebook so the ebook is going to come out this month next month once the ebook comes out hopefully that'll pick up some more if you had three three steps to American uh, restructuring based on what you've learned from Singapore what would they be what would be the first step oh first step definitely the tax system right I mean law and order also is becoming like a bully. So law and order is one thing. Uh, uh, Taxes would be the other. And third would be education. 
we've always led in education and when i say we see i still keep saying we because my education system and all my belief system all happened when i was in us and i think uh, you know the school systems need a little bit of refurbing uh, colleges are still very popular worldwide i think the colleges are doing great the universities are doing extremely well they're well endowed well funded but i think the high school education system needs to change the law and order definitely you know it, it just can't be so extreme where people are scared when i walk into the immigration department in us there is a you know a couple of bullies who are standing there and yelling and screaming at us and you go this way you go that way and and it is just intimidating so <laughs> unnecessary so over the steps really quickly you said i'm so fast i mean your brain like Rallied off. Taxes, law and order, and education. What do you say? So law and order. Law and order. Yes. Taxes. Taxes. Yes, and education. And those are three things that possibly we could mirror that Singapore does much better than we do in order to create a more free, happy environment. To be honest, Americans have always been the most innovative people. We don't need anybody's help. Look at our Silicon Valley. Look at our New York Wall Street. we don't need other people we can look and scan the scandinavian model the singapore model all the other models in the world we just need to improve ours in the snus the american model is already yeah. has been always a leader and we just need to sit down and really pay attention to it and say hey wait when it something's wrong here how can we fine tune i don't think there is a one model that fits all right america will have to do it differently because the democracy is so different in america compared to some other places that is benevolent democracy or it's coalition governments it's, it's not yes. actually a democracy right. it's a constitutional republic with law and order having visited your fine country your fine new homeland um there's some like serious rules to follow uh how do they get everyone to buy in on that like you know because obviously americans feel they're free whether they are or not that's maybe just to be disputed but the idea that you're free brings a port some entitlement and what struck me in Singapore is everyone understood that they're to follow the rules and you wouldn't even question following the rules okay so let's let's just take a simple thing like guns so in singapore guns are not allowed so nobody has guns so i don't need to worry right. in america everybody can have guns now some do and some don't right and the people who don't are scared Yes, this one is a really, really challenging one, right? Uh, when SARS came, it was different. When Ebola came, it was different. This one has just shut down the entire world, right, for the first time. And how and do so, you explain yeah. that? How do you how do you put that? How why do you think that is? It feels like a conspiracy to to just turn the world into this one sort of like uh, one entity. How do you yeah, think, how do you explain that? Do you think? Look, I I, I hear politicians. Right? Yeah, I hear politicians. <laughs> then I hear medical people, but the ones that I'm really fascinated by are the intuitives. And so these intuitive people, their theory actually seems fascinating, which is that all these different planets have aligned differently, such that a certain very powerful force came upon the Earth, and that's the reason the Earth is in one big mess. And once that alignment goes away in the next couple of quarters. It could all go back to normal. So that there is one explanation that maybe wow. Suzanne can tell us about. Wow. Well, That's I huge. think I think it's our collective karma. Like, does it really matter where it came from? You know, it doesn't matter. We are here. Yeah. We're here in this this experience together, and we're all having our own realizations. And then it's a, a choice, like anything, when we're in the present moment, to decide: do we want to respond in fear, 
and lockdown and control, maybe that's needed to be prudent. Or do we assess the situation, which we've done? We've gotten a lot of data. And then how do we mm -hmm. move forward with best business practices in the future and health practices? Right. And I think it's also revealing a lot to a lot of people as far as what what's important to them and how not to make themselves vulnerable mentally, physically, yeah. emotionally, and economically. You know, I think yeah. a lot of people are going to come out of this really uh, more aware of how to protect themselves on all fronts. I think this is this is a very good topic. Also, uh, Asian countries are usually people save money mm. for the rainy day. The American yeah. system is your month to month. People are living on credit cards, and right. here is a massive jolt to people to think that we are, you know, America is is the wealthiest country in the world, and yet. 50, 70, 80% of the people don't have money for the next month. Right. So what kind of a, you know, what kind of a savings approach do we have, mentality we have? And now I think people will say, wait a minute, I think we should save for a couple, three months, five months, six months, whatever we can afford. Let's put it's it away. It's the commercialism right. of everything though. You're being sold that you yeah. need everything. So anytime you get anything, you buy something. <laughs> and, and that's the beauty of it also, right? Yeah. So, the, so the second learning, and this is, that the circulation of money has stopped. If you really think about it, what has happened is yeah. that the world thinks that the economic order has fallen and crushed. But actually, what has happened is that the circulation of money has paused. So all we are doing is we are consuming food and paying our shelter mortgage. Beyond yeah. that, we're not buying gas. We're not buying cars. We're not going to restaurants. We're not going to malls. So the circulation of money. So you don't yeah. need as much money as you were wanting before because of consumerism. And now everybody's thinking, oh, wait right. a minute, I really don't need as much I used to need before. Yeah. Life is all right. Yep. Life is good. Right? You're doing this video calls yep. and you're Wow. I, I can listen to this guy all day. I mean, so much great advice. And uh, you can find the entire interview on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. And I would recommend going there and uh, taking notes. I mean, this guy gave some serious insight into the direction of the world, the direction that we could take, and then... How he tagged it with, uh, hey, you realize you don't need as much money as you thought you needed because uh, uh, everybody's asked to reflect on, you know, what's most important in the world, you know, our happiness or the, the pursuit of the quan. Yeah, and earlier on in that interview, I remember him saying that when we were talking about his book, what the ahas were in that book. And he said that in the Millionaire Billionaire, and we were even talking about the Trillionaire Club today, is that it's kind of like you keep going for more. You get amass 10 million, then you want 100 million, then you want 200 million, then you want that billion. And that at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily make you happy. <laughs> and imagine if you took that energy and said, oh, I want to feed a billion people or I want to you know, do different things with it. It's a different proposition versus just amassing material matter. Well, I would like to amass a couple billion to be able to make that decision and realize, wow, I got... I got I got too many billions. I got to figure out how to distribute some of these funds to help out my fellow human. What would you do with those billions? Well, I would probably uh, do a lot of stuff, and then I'd realize what he realized, and that is, hey, it's more about giving back, more about service, more. Hey, I don't have much of anything right now, and I'm giving as much as I can back. Well, and that's the beauty. Uh, we can all give back <laughs> all the time. You give a lot, Thomas. <laughs> you, I can attest for that. You give a lot. So, you know, something from nothing leaves something, you know, something. If you want to be with me, <laughs> that wasn't a good singing voice, but you <laughs> can do better than that. A little twangy. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what is it? How's, how's that line go? I don't know. Something from nothing leads to nothing or something. Gotta have something <laughs> if you want to be with me. Because <laughs> uh, you'll go hungry if you don't have something. You know, I had an idea as you were saying where we could listen to Jayesh's interview. <laughs> is that I'll put the links below uh, when we promote this episode so people can effortlessly find them. Oh, iHeart, iHeart, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. That's quite a quite a selection, and uh, the quality of those platforms is super high, and uh, the visibility is super high, and uh, we've been really successful and fortunate with those platforms. Absolutely, and you can also, we'll put the link to his book, uh, What Shall We Do With All This Money, and... What shall we do with all this you money? You can get some perspective. I also like how he was talking about, where you know, we pause spending, and I think that is something that we should can reflect on you know it's a little hard when we see all these businesses that have decided to close their doors yet um, the idea of pausing our spending and then how do we ramp back up and then what businesses will come in and innovate and create new environments and the ones that had to exit stage left well that that total interview something even when we ask them uh, we got to do a segment on uh, uh, on what these people would do if they were god because their answers are quite profound and quite beautiful yes uh when we go into our next segment with mickey willis we get into what he would do if he was god really beautiful moment i think that's when you introduced it because you know the interview with mickey it was great because it showed his soulful side and well worth the full listen because he got shadow banned right after that interview. He, well, Mickey Willis is a filmmaker. Yeah. And, uh, he's a risk-taking filmmaker, and, and he, he's made some really wonderful material. And uh, he's definitely uh, an indie creator in that joy zone because he loves loves finding controversial stuff and and, and making, making movies about it. And uh, that's not always the most popular thing because he's definitely uh, pushing upstream, so to speak. He's definitely fighting the PC culture in a way, but uh, in doing that, he, he comes to some amazing conclusions in the work that he does. Well, and it, isn't that what a nonconformist is? It's potentially easy to go in and conform with the oligarchs that are controlling mass media and movies. Oligarch? Oligarchs. I don't know how to say that o- word. Oligarch? <laughs> oligarch. I want to meet this oligarch, though, because <laughs> I don't know who's controlling all this stuff, but if he's like a little old man like in The Wizard of Oz, I still want to meet him. Well, or, or her. <laughs> well, that oligarch's definitely afraid of Mickey Willis, so <laughs> let's uh, let, let's let's tap into his, his little clip about uh, how he would help the world. Let's do it. Hey, Mickey, how are you? Good. Very good. good. Very good, my friend. Exciting to have you have a super indie creator on, on the air with KLBP. You are <laughs> by definition nonconformist, a butt-kicking, almost radical activist, yogi. I mean, you fit all the criteria. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're the bomb. You live in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good to meet you. <laughs> Well, well, listen. It's it's been a, it's um, Suzanne was telling me all about all about the film, and uh, just to introduce you to our audience, Suzanne, you have you have much more background on this gentleman than I have. <laughs> yeah, we have a little history. <laughs> how about, sure how about yeah. the hyphens? How many hyphens does he have these days? Just father filmmaker. Father filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, that's it. My, my 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 most important job first. That's a microcosm of what you're talking about, because what you're talking about in terms of just your entire 
journalistic process doesn't even sound like a journalism today because the journalism is almost dead today. People are not verifying their sources. They are just kind of putting out a knee-jerk reaction to what's most popular. And that's and that's part of what's killing us. And I, hopefully that's this pandemic film that you're creating addresses those issues as well, yes? It, it does. You know, this it's going to be focused mostly on exposing the players of, of the, the pandemic, um, the, their history, all the viable information that proves that this has been underway, which is why we call it plandemic. It has been underway for a number of years. And it's a it's a tough thing for people to grasp because nobody wants to believe, uh, myself included, that any other human would would make a choice like this. You know, but all we have to do is really look through history. And it's like, you know, our, our, our history provides all the proof we need that that humans are capable of genocide and uh, of being so focused on a goal that the lose sight of the fact that millions of people are being harmed. And that's what's taking place here. I think some people are, um, the majority of the people believe they're up to something good and the rest of them are so blinded by power and greed and control and under the thumb of, uh, uh, you know, unnamed puppet masters that, that they actually know what they're doing. They know they're doing damage and at this point they just can't stop. My goal is to, the, the film we have out there right now, part one, it's, 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 um, the support has been unbelievable. I, I mean, we're millions of views within less than 48 hours. Trying to put as much heart into it as possible to speak to that part of our humanity, that, that part of our nature, our humanity, that has been intentionally buried to hopefully get the doctors to step forward, to get the people who may be up to no good or or using the excuse that, you know, they know that the company they work for or the people they work for are up to no good, but they, they need a job and they're just they're just you know just doing their job. And for them to all say, you know, that's that's not a viable excuse anymore. We cannot use that because what you do, the ripple effect of what you do. Um, creates the future that we all have to live in, the experience, the cities, the, the towns, the, the environment that we all have to live in together. And and so, we, you know, we have to take a, a real mature look where we are right now, because a lot of these things I've been hearing were coming for a number of years, and I've been so allergic to conspiracy theories that um, mm. to be perfectly transparent, I, like uh, most of America or the world, uh, avoided a lot of them because they just sounded too unbelievable to be true. And it it took me a number of years of going, wow, that was actually true? Okay, wow, I thought that was a conspiracy. Oh, that, oh, that was true too? Well, that's interesting. Well, okay, maybe I need to start paying attention to these wacky conspiracy theorists because <laughs> while I still feel that some of them just go so far off the deep end, so far beyond common sense, it's, it's unbelievable. At the same time, reality is unbelievable. What's happening, the fact that people could be doing what they're doing to children in Hollywood and, and the slave trades, modern day slave trades, like this is kind of stuff that I just would, would have bet money on 10 years ago that was, that was gone from our consciousness. We had evolved beyond that. It will never come back. And well, you know, it's, well, you're, you're, it's you've here. Done, you've done, well, Mickey, you've done your history and you realize that all of these things have been going on since humans have been on the planet. So nothing, yeah. nothing has changed. The... the the the, the the need to control or the need to barter with human existence is just seemingly a given. And yeah. to uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, even attempt to eradicate that on a global perspective when everybody is at different evolutionary levels of being within their own countries, it's going to be 
it's going to be a hard it's going to be a hard task to uh, wake everybody up. Uh, well, I think I I yeah. think what's happening, if I can interject, is that consciousness, like what I hear from Mickey and even from myself and my own journey of uncovering these atrocities, uh, is that con- consciousness is woken up where it's like, no, that's not okay. Like we don't want that. And so the human species obviously has evolved at least a portion of it to a point where it's like, whoa, um, we got to do something about this. And so, you know, you don't undo thousands of years. It's evolved to the point where AI is creating automated slaves. We're evolving <laughs> in the slave trade, but the the future the future slaves of the of, of the world will be automated. So. It's, yeah. In other words, the point is, it's so in deeply ingrained in in the human species that you have the, the brightest minds on the planet coming up with AI in order to come up with uh, subservient robot-like slaves that can move around our house and and do things for us at our request. It's the it, it's that mentality mm-hmm. that is going to be challenging. The brightest minds are still trying to come up with the most base sensorial uh, solutions because why the money is there the desire the innate drive of human sexuality is carnal and it's at our base and it, uh, it it won't be possible to eradicate that but the educational process on how to transform that is really where those answers lay I think in other words we're not yeah. gonna get rid of yeah. our carnal need to connect but can you see me coming put us down to the every human that's here has to learn these lessons so it's going to be really about how we guide the future into transforming that sexual energy into a more creative loving output outlook but not to digress or to take no, away I, from yeah. what's happening but you can see that the it, the core issue it was so based that uh wow to come up well, with the it, educational it, system that's courageous enough to address that issue and hit yeah. it head on that yeah. is really like wow that's 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 a, an exciting prospect I mean, that's your next film mickey <laughs> how, to, how to address the carnal nature of man and yeah. educate him to the point that he can transform that energy into not just you know procreation or destruction of each other but to actually use it to evolve with yeah, that, 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 is, that is the goal, right? We, we all have our primal, intrinsic powers. And unfortunately, I, I blame this a lot on our, our commercialized industry, the, the consumerism, the decades of being glued to screens that tell us what we should look like and be like, talk like, think like, dress like. And, and this has pulled us with the the incessant nature of this, it has uh, rewired our minds to uh, 
to look at these physicalities and these these character traits as being what's important when it's not. And so we have to really get back to our that primal source, that primal sense um, of, of, you know, because a lot of these ideologies, you know, it's like um, I used to call myself a, a, a feminist because I was so in support. I was raised by women. I was so in support of, of anything that, that e- equalized the playing field for, for women. And I still am. But I'm also um, a, a aware enough to recognize that these 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 and more advanced stages of, of uh, f- the feminine movement, the feminist movement, the you know, uh, wave three, wave four, all of this ha- has been incredibly destructive uh, to women. Um, the fact that you know it's it's masculine w- women to such a degree and feminized men to such a degree that 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 we're ignoring our primal natures, and that doesn't mean a woman can't be masculine and a man can't be feminine, but it means to to. To try to call that the norm and and have us deny our natural senses really uh, takes away from us that um, that m- mythical history of really what we are for each other and the fact that you know men do have a hunter gatherer in them. There's something that needs to, that we need to know what our purpose is and and, and that we're we're serving our house and our children and our and our tribe. We need to feel that, and if we don't. Then, then that's when alcohol addiction sets in. That's when porn addiction sets in. That's when all these other, uh, all these other toxic sides of masculinity start to, to start to step in. And the same can be said for femininity. So it's there's a real need for us to to return to like our core of of what we were born to be and and celebrate it, no matter what the damn media says, and no matter well, you know, what I'm a, I'm the a, latest I'm trend a, says. I'm an old school feminist. <laughs> I'm old school. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm an old school feminist. I just, I like the equality. I like equal rights for everybody. But what I don't like is uh, a group of people that labels themselves men haters. I mean, to me, it's like, really? Why would you, why would you put yourself in that position to hate that this actual extremely powerful force that when it comes together has been able to, get people to the moon and not to the Mars. So, I mean, you don't want to really be hating the thing that can protect you or the thing that, that has gotten us this far. And well, you're, you're, you're speaking, you're speaking into part of the plan, you know, because what did that create? That also created woman haters. And so now you have groups of men who hate women, groups of women who hate men. And that is literally serving this bigger picture that that kills procreation. So the world population goes down. That kills the American dream, this this dream to, to settle with your, 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 the love of your life and to, to make babies. This is all, these are all natural impulses that we have that people are completely denying because of hate and because of fear. And that is right. part of, that is part of the big plan. That's how they stop us from procreating. Well, that's, you know, oh, well, I was going to say, when both of you were talking, all that keeps coming in is my relations with the Hopi tribe, which has taught me a lot, you know, of the balance between the yin and the yang, between the masculine and the feminine. Everything they do in their tribal settings is to work in tandem with the earth's energies because the earth has a feminine and masculine energy that runs yeah. through us. And they've literally, when they uh, obliterated tri- tribes across the globe, they obliterated our understanding of that knowledge. I mean, so much so that, you know, if a, a modern person went into a Hopi tribe, they would feel that they are sexist. The men are sexist. The tribal leaders are sexist because the roles are very defined. 
but the alchemy of what is possible within that experience is mind-blowing there's no no ai no technology needed but some pretty supernatural stuff that's available all available for all of us if we choose to commune with the planet in that way you're listening to klbp we have mickey willis with us tonight we have uh, his filmmaker journalist uh super activist father (laughs) father Amazing uh, and, and he's, got a, he's got a new film out <laughs> called Plandemic, and we're talking to him right now about uh, some of the big picture issues that uh, illuminate the, the dark side of humanity. And keep in mind, he is an indie creator to the core. He's a, he's certainly a nonconformist, and he, and, he, and he loves humanity. But this is indie creators in the joy zone, the joy zone. So uh, from your perspective, <laughs> from your perspective, the end goal for you with like if you had an idea like if mickey was god and he had three wishes for humanity what would they be um all of us live into some form of a hippocratic oath which is to do no harm so i'd love Mm -hmm. to everyone to return to that because at the very at the very core of it all we have a lot of ideologies but if we can just live from a place of doing no harm no harm no no harm to the planet no harm to each other no harm to ourselves that creed in itself you know, I'm doing my best to live up to that. And it's and it can be challenging, right? I find the food I put into my body, I know I'm doing, oh, that's doing me harm right there, but does it taste good? Um, and so there's a lot to overcome within our own, you know, this 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 addiction we have to, to pleasure. And then I also think of a very important aspect of it is, is our children, whether you have children of your own or not, is, is not the point, but there's, we've become so so selfish, so self-centered in trying to get things, trying to get the position, the, the notoriety, the house, the car, the, the reputation, whatever, that we lose sight. It, it's kind of like a farmer getting distracted. They have, you know, a hundred acres to tend to, to grow food. And imagine if that farmer is distracted by their cell phone all day long. That none of that food, none of that, none of those gardens are going to be tended to. And I see our, our <laughs> I see. Can you imagine our, a moratorium our, against farmers yeah. using their cell phones because we're not it, getting it's, it, it's it's one of the reasons why when I look towards people that I that I really admire that I think I, I don't even know what enlightenment really is. I, I I stopped pursuing that a long time ago. I just want to be a good man at this point. But when I see people that I go, well, maybe that's enlightenment. Look at that over there. It's oh, it's a farmer. It's somebody who who wakes up in the morning, puts their hands in the earth, they're they're in their own way in communication with all of this nature and these vegetables. And they're paying attention to the insects, the soil, the 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 sky, everything. Like there's something in that that we need to get closer to. It's so, incredibly, so one is, incredibly so important. One is, so one is, we got, we got, yeah. so one is this, one is do no harm, and the other one is to be more in tune with the earth, more in tune with the environment. More, more, well, to tend to our children as the garden, the point to tend to our, getting so, to. So, yeah. so let me see, I have to, have to help decipher that for me, I'm a little slow. So you got, <laughs> so... So if you got you got one, do no harm. Everybody can, everyone can kind of grasp that, wrap their mind around that. The the second one's a little bit more ambiguous. So our children. Uh, uh, well, well, getting your hands in the earth and all of that incredibly important. But also using as a metaphor, understanding that our children are growing.
we are growing them. Everything that we do, they are watching us. We are we are their sunshine. We are their water. Oh, we are this. We oh. are their seeds, and we are we are the adults that they're mirroring. And so, if we want a good future on this planet, we're going to put more attention on our, our children, because in 20 years when they're adults, in 15 years when they're adults, this world can be a different place. But as long as we keep doing what we're doing in front of our children and showing hate for each other and demonstrating this, and the cycle just keeps repeating itself. We're, we're growing toxic food. So those two is, be, two is being a, a great example for your children, something to follow and, and to children. be able to teach properly, right? That's two. Yeah, that sums okay, it up. That's two. So we got one more. Reconnecting with our nature. And what is that? Can you define our nature? Our nature is, I, I, I call it for myself, I can only speak for myself. Um, I, was, I was born with a mind and heart full of possibility. As I'm a, a child, I see things that touch me. When you ask a child what they want to be when they grow up, it's always, you know, it's, it's become cliche through the years, right? They say fireman, policeman, nurse, ballerina, whatever it is. And if you really look at why kids often choose these occupations, it's because they had an experience of these people, their first experience of watching the ballerina dancer and going, wow, that what they're, 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 they're activating this feeling of beauty, of, of how perfect the human body is, how, how, how divine nature is, how extraordinary and exquisite we can be same with you know a little a child watching a fireman save a cat from a tree it's like you you know there's they're, they're in service to to beauty to to something good to love whatever it is to, to helping and so kids often pick those occupations and for me that's proof that that's in our nature our nature mm -hmm. is to be in service our nature is to help and I got this, I got reacquainted with this because in 2001, I was near the World Trade Center when it was attacked. I went and I did search and rescue and body recovery for three days. Day two, we were all told that we were breathing incredibly deadly air and that everyone should leave. And not one man or woman left that scene. And by that point, we already knew that the chances of finding a survivor was very slim. But everyone just heard, heard, the, heard the command looked at each other and went back to work and and I mm -hmm. had a cry I had a cry in that moment because I said that's that's how unselfish we really are when something so much bigger than our own identities and personas happens that we just get to work as an organism an organism of life so so for returning to nature for me it doesn't mean just going into nature which is incredibly important but it means returning to our nature and our nature is yeah. helpful and it's good Absolutely. wow I think you're part Hopi, Mickey. Mickey <laughs> gonna have Mickey. to take you out there. <laughs> anytime, anytime, let me know. Mickey, you, yeah. you would be a good guy. You would be a good guy. <laughs> so, so let's go through it. Let's go through it for our for our listeners. So, we, if, if Mickey were God. A very flawed God. <laughs> well, the God realm isn't all good, right? Yes. <laughs> you get to be the good God. <laughs> well, this, well, the first, the first rule, the first commandment, 
yeah. is 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 no harm to do no harm. Yeah. Yeah. What did you call it? You referred it to something specific. The cell uh, to the to the Hippocratic others. oath. The the to the Hippocratic oath. Hippocratic oath. Yeah, which is okay. the Hippocratic oath doesn't actually say do no harm, but it's all about doing no harm. And then two two is to be better examples and teachers for our children. Yeah. And then three is to is to not lose the beauty of being in service for a true cause and to and to understand what that what that unity what, what that feels like and to and to uh, gauge one's life in to be in service if, if possible yes wow. that's right that's yeah. that's really that's really beautiful and, and and what's cool is is that uh you have such such a you're such a beautiful guy and you're connected to this to your to your core and you're having the courage to uh, look out into the world and 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 address some major issues that other people would not even get close to, and Thank that's uh, that, that you. makes you that makes you another one of these these heroes. And and uh, you know risk risk and action are synonymous, and uh, you are in action. You are a man in action, and with action comes trend. Uh, comes what tr transition change uh, transformation and all of these beautiful beautiful things and you know like uh what was what was that wonderful wonderful line in uh, gladiator you know what we do now echoes through eternity as the commander's like trying to rally yes. his troops yes you know yes. And, and 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 that and that's a group of you know that's a movie but with a group of guys going in possibly facing their own their own deaths and they're laughing yeah. because they understand from that perspective, from that attitude, life's not worth living if somebody's going to take that from you. And uh, I think you're—I think what you're doing will echo through eternity, Mickey. It's really, really cool. And so no, his movie you. is Plandemic. And uh, so poignant for us to revisit that information right now. When we recorded that interview, it was right after Mickey had written in released pandemic and then it was shadow banned and he's working on part two we think we don't know uh because there was such pushback yet all the information he shared in there is so valuable and you both are so wise as far as how to relate to the world around us and how to strive to be uh, good men i like how he says that he let go of being enlightened and just is focused on being a good man and how he's continually brought back to the metaphor of being a farmer in his life, and then literally, maybe, maybe that's where he'll end up in his golden years. Wow, that was a lot. And if you guys want to hear the rest of that interview, I mean, that was mesmerizing just in itself. Uh, you can go to iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and pick up the rest of that interview, because it's fascinating. He, he shares a lot of his process. He shares a lot about the film pandemic, which is actually uh, coming true right before our eyes. So a lot that was in that film that was being repressed is now coming to the surface as truth. So uh, certainly as a validation uh, in terms of his pursuit of truth within his medium. Uh, lots of courage. So well-spoken. Uh, such a such an indie creator. Love it. He definitely in the joy zone. He's got to be in the joy zone. He's got to find some joy in that because not everybody's going to accept everything that you do. You can please some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time, right? That is very true. Follow our 
heart. He's always uh, taken a path to explore many different topics. So we'll see where he traverses to. He might end back up into that movie, The Narrative, because as uh, the pandemic and pandemic are being revealed, uh, I think we're all going to be looking straight at the news media agencies as to what exactly has been going on here. That's Mickey Willis, boy. That's Mickey Willis and, and, and in the flesh right there, right there on Indy Craze in the Joy Zone. And so next we're going to be di- Kat Haber. Kat diving Haber, right? into Cat Haber. Oh my. And she's always a joy. I think we both enjoy her conversation to have one with her and then she enjoys listening to us. She's one of our biggest fans. Well, listen, hey, it's not, not bad to have a TEDx fail uh, executive, uh, a big fan of yours, a person who has billions and billions of hits on her uh, production. So uh, we're always we're always blessed to have her on, and she is such an informed individual. And what's cool about her is she's just informed by the world. She's so many world leaders that she's in contact with. She gets her information from all over the place, all different sources sources and and she's a hub for what's happening and uh we love her we love we love her perspective we love her uh good heart and gosh she always has some super interesting light to shed on some things yeah and she's really innovated during this covid period with tedx veil because they had to cancel their tedx youth conference and i think their women conference and probably will not be leading into the fall but they've done this series with all the tedx organizations nationwide that are all hot topics from food to agriculture to energy that you can zoom in on uh, which are a lot of fun so we'll put the links to that program that she's developed always a spirited conversation with her always always very spirited there's a definitely uh sometimes there's ideologies uh, uh hitting each other in the, in the face here but it's, she's uh she rolls with everything and uh she's she's uh just a, an enlightened being uh, walking the planet and doing her best to serve her community and she's a great example of someone that's willing to listen and engage with all sides which i think is really beautiful to witness and to have that type of conversation with her Oh yeah, it's that we're definitely definitely blessed to have it. Let's let's listen to the let's listen to this clip. All right. This this is a singular moment and it's interesting to me that so many authoritarian leaders are in charge of powerful nations at this moment because this is a critical time where we can reimagine, we can rethink the future. We don't have to be fossil fuel slaves any longer. We could release ourselves to different types of energy systems. Um, We don't have to depend on big uh, consolidated uh, global banking systems. We could downsize, slow up the velocity of money and use community banking where you know the banker and he knows that you're going to work hard. And um, so... The opportunity for us is in making fresh choices and taking this moment to rethink a future that is better for all. Right now, we have a very small number who are benefiting greatly from capitalism. How can we reimagine where there is greater ownership, greater sharing? We're going to have to be daring and we're going to have to care in a much broader way than just ourselves. 
Absolutely. Huh. So, so it sounds like almost a more uh, conservative, because as, as we need each other, we start to return to the family unit because there's protection in that. And if there's seven or eight people living in a house because you have to, uh, then we're, we're actually uh, reinstilling more conservative values of family and the importance of friends. And uh, uh, it becomes a little bit more tribal from that perspective, right? If we're sort of all pulling everything into just to survive long enough to see how we can redefine ourselves. It seems, uh, seems like a really interesting, interesting situation <laughs> there. But, but, but to address your other issue, other forms of uh, energy have always been becoming more front and center as technology increases than these uh, other alternative forms of uh, keeping, keeping, th keeping the lights on, the computers going, are coming into vogue. Like I just, you know, I'm looking at Tesla's uh, uh, enormous batteries that you fit inside of a wall and you can buy mm -hmm. a huge battery that, fuel, that, that uh, keeps the lights on for 2,900 bucks. Two of mm -hmm. those huge batteries can, you know, be charged up by the solar and you've got these batteries now instilled inside of your walls that actually keep the lights up. Yeah. You know? And so every day somebody is, is making better use of our energy because there's less waste happening because of the ability to re-engineer uh, and rebuild an infrastructure that's really antiquated at this point. Uh, yeah. And uh, and so those things are actually, actually like Tesla, his, his stock went up 14% last yeah. month. Why? Yeah. Because he's positioned himself better than any other car maker in terms of the electric car market. And so, yet he's not going to open up his American factory right now. So oh. it's a very confusing <laughs> time. At this moment, it feels like just at the point where we think we know where we're going, guess what? It's a new destination. Yeah. So um, it feels a little bit like an, I don't know if you ever saw the Austin Powers movie with Mike Myers. Oh, uh, yeah. And <laughs> when Dr. Evil comes back and he's like, I'm going to have, uh, hold this situation hostage for $1 million. It feels a little bit like that. Like we have these old, you know, <laughs> paradigms going on, you know, dictatorships and, yeah. and all the people are like, but wait a second. It's like 2020. Like what's going yeah. on? So, but, but it's cool because things are going to like coalesce. I, I feel like, you know, enough people are looking at some of the, some of the stuff going, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And then it shifts, you know, especially well, in, never, in a I'll leadership never role. I'll never, I'll, never, I'll never underestimate the power of American ingenuity and the ability to adapt to changing conditions. And whenever the chips are down, this country rises up. It's people at its core have, have always had a great heart. And uh, just when you want to count us out, uh, people are doing extraordinary things. And uh, our private sector will always be the heartbeat of this country. And if that ever changes, uh, we'll, we'll lose something that's uniquely American for sure. And I think as long as uh, Americans are fulfilling a need and there's a supply and demand and there's a demand there, Americans will step in there and do a great job. I, I think, uh, uh, and I think uh, deregulating, I think after this moment, in time to get people back to work, there's going to be more deregulating than ever before in order to free things up in order for people to get back in step. And, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that unfolds in the next couple of months. Um, well, think about, think about what you just said, Thomas. 
deregulating to get people back to work. Are people going to want to go back and do the same thing, live the same way they did before? Well, it's I, like I it's like it's like it's so. like your but your <laughs> but, but your but your one two three shifts a perspective. Um, it's like if I do your one two three, that means I'm looking at things with a fresh pair of eyes, and with my fresh pair of eyes, I'll be able to adapt or change because that would be the way that I can feed myself or my family, not get stuck in the idea. Oh, boohoo! I can't, I can't do the same old job I always had. I, I'm going to have to take it upon myself to be more attuned to my environment. And if I'm actually moving that way, you'll see uh, entire communities of people start making better decisions. So it's 2020. That is such an <laughs> ironic year. 2020. Can we clear see vision. 2020? Do we have clear vision? Do we see right now in this moment? And now, and now, and now, as Eckhart Tolle has taught us, now is the only moment there is. And, and the other piece I wanted to say is that there are some who cannot live from those three principles, whose mental wellness is so off balance now that those of us who, who do feel stronger and do find our root, our groundedness, it's for us to reach out and see how else we can give. Oh, the hero comes, I can hear the drums and a horse is drawn to the kingdom. Come. Just been talking to Kat Haber. I didn't even know how to preface her other than just a global leader, leader of TEDx Vale. An incredible human being. Kat always just mesmerizes me and blows me away. She is an encyclopedia for world current human problems and potential solutions. She definitely loves that big new green deal, that's for sure. <laughs> well, she's lives part-time, think about the places she lives, part-time in Alaska, part-time in Vail, and she's worked with the indigenous, she's with the Rotary Club out of Hawaii, she works with TEDx Vail and all the TEDx leaders across the world. And typically those topics are inspirational and solution-oriented and current events. And I do know, um, just as we heard in that clip, Energy is a big topic for her, especially with everything they've gone through up in Alaska, gosh, since the 80s, you know, that Exxon, Exxon Valdez problem, a <laughs> slight problem with fishing in the ecosystem. Well, she's definitely a steward uh, of, of nature and, and cares about uh, what's happening next. Uh, she's a bit of a globalist perspective. She's thinking about the future. She's wondering what it's going to look like. And she talks to a lot of people, so she has a, a, a vision of where we're going. That's what's fun about talking to her. She has a, a really good idea of what this place could look like in 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years. Absolutely. We just got to encourage her to move past the 10-year mark. <laughs> the 10-year mark? Isn't it down to nine years now? I don't know, but... Uh, we're infinite. I'm like Buzz Lightyear. To infinity and beyond. <laughs> I believe we can do it. <laughs> well, that was, well, that's what's fun about her is, is that she's she's got some really wonderful insights and she cares and she's uh, she she's uh, she's an indie creator for the planet. I mean, she's definitely nonconformist in a certain respect. She's always looking for answers. 
uh, she asks all the right questions and uh, she has answers for anything that she gets hit with and she's always coming back with an open heart and uh, uh, a possibility uh, or an answer on how to address certain really complex issues. Yeah, and I think it's been a passion all her life. She invited me to do this abundance meditation, I guess a challenge, I don't know. But she sent a picture of her and her husband with Gerald Ford, President Ford. So she's always been in and around politics and I think helping humanity. And what a beautiful plight. You know, we come off, actually, all these guests that we've shined a light on thus far, their interviews, they all have a propensity to want to help and serve others, which is an interesting idea. Maybe if we put that in the forefront. I don't, I don't think from socialism, you know, it's interesting. People are so inter interested in socialism and doing for others or maybe handing out for others. But truly, I think people generating and having the freedom to generate for themselves is a much more exciting proposition. And as JS shared, you know, America, the United States, as JS shared, uh, America, the United States is such a, you know, creative environment, a creative ecosystem. And that's what I think most of the world looks to America for is they have the freedom to create the inspiration, the innovation. And to restrict people from that is would be a big shame. It'd be fun to have both of them on going at each with, with each other. They would they would probably solve all the all the problems of the world right there. Yeah, you know, I think it just you know there is that sentiment you know after you get to go through life several times over that you have a lot of wisdom to share. You've seen cycles. You've seen certain things happen. I mean, how many times have people seen even us in our own lives seen the gas crisis? It's like, ooh, this gas crisis is here again. How many times are we going to repeat this crisis, or are we going to solve it this time around? Well, I think she's. I think uh, that interview that we had with her is just packed full of all sorts of stuff. And once again, if you'd like to hear the whole interview with Cat Haber, uh, go to iHeartRadio, uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Spotify. iTunes, by gosh, all those great platforms. We're on it, and we're sharing these wonderful artists with you. Uh, and uh, they'll enlighten you as much as, as much as they've enlightened us. And if there's additional areas that would make it easier for you to hear, let us know. Uh, we're extending our reach in many different directions, so just hit us up, DM us on Instagram at ICJZTV or on Facebook at ICJZTV or Twitter, and we'll get back to you and love to have your input. All, the, all those platforms, you'll be able to find us. Yeah, and you'll be able to shows. see the shows yeah, right there. Yeah, and also through the through the website, icjz.tv, uh, you'll be able to go there and uh, check out all, all all the shows that we have. Easy. Make it easy peasy. Easy peasy. <laughs> Doesn't the SoundCloud like list the shows that we have? Yeah, so all the shows are archived, and right now we're in transition um, on our site. So it's, you'll just look at the list and you can go there, but below the, this segment, we'll put quick hot links so people can get to, if they heard cat and they're like, Ooh, I got to hear her. Just click below. Yes, 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 yes. Who do we got next? Next, we're going to dive into a little random rab. Oh my, random rab's fun. Yeah. I think it would be good to transition with one of his songs from his celestial album. I actually saw he finally launched the album. Uh, and it's fun to hear our, you and I went someplace totally different in the beginning well, here's <laughs> of the, the interview. Well, here's, <laughs> a, here's some music from Random Rap. 
random rab. Getting into that alien vibe, huh? And penguins. <laughs> penguins and aliens. Maybe they're synonymous. No, I tell you, he's a, he's a lot of fun because his music does take you into that celestial f- sphere. So it kind of makes sense that you're thinking about universes and and planets. How many planets? How many? How much life is there on the planets out there? And and all of this stuff. It kind of sweeps you away. He, he, it's kind of like when you're listening to his music. He kind of puts you into that stargazing mode. Yeah, it takes you out of body and then in body all at the same time. And as you know, I've witnessed many times over his deep relationship with nature. I think he shares, you know, it, it beautifully through his music and encouraging people to move and release. So it'll be really exciting to get him back out in the wild. Oh, you know, in his interview too, he was frustrated about you know being a musician and being sort of trapped by this COVID nineteen, not getting out there and performing and missing his audience, and, and you can feel that he was a. A little depressed at not being able to go out, be on the road and, and do his music and share his music. Yes, I think many are very frustrated. I did notice a local up in near Buelton, a winery is going to have an outdoor venue with live music. So I think bit by bit it's going to creep up uh, because people can't hold back. I mean, think about the local places around here that are putting in the live music again, whether it's outdoors, uh, people are just craving it. I'll tell you, there's plenty of time to practice, that's for sure. So when this thing is over and uh, they let the concerts begin, we're going to get some fresh music. We're going to get some fresh take on some things, that's for sure. And if you've ever done psychedelics, you won't have to do them if you listen to his music because he takes you right there. (laughs) Or it'll be a memory recall (laughs) to the psychedelic moments. (laughs) No, really special guy. Certainly an indie creator to his core. And... uh, loves sharing the good vibes and using his music to elevate people well and if you click at the archived interview you'll hear that he's done 20 burning man sunrises uh, which is pretty special if you know what burning man is Uh, the sunrise set at the end of the the experience and i think it's a very unifying experience for everyone you know you burning men out there dance around naked to the music he's perfect (laughs) he's perfect for the for the evening that you feel like dancing under the under the moon and howling at the stars <laughs> rising up uh, so we'll, we'll as mentioned we have his new album released i think we should lead into a song as we leave into a little takeaway with martina um from that album and we'll put the link below so you can support the arts i think it's really important right now if you can support the arts uh from entertainment movie to uh, music industry to Museums. Everyone has been on hiatus, and so those aren't jobs that they could do at home from their desk. Uh, maybe creating, like Tamsin and other artists, creating new music. Yet uh, a lot of people rely on the in-person experiences to put the bread and water on the table. Definitely tip those waiters because there's lots of aspiring musicians and actors and, and artists out there. Uh, uh, hurting right now because restaurants have been closed for a while and everybody's trying to catch up so tip those waiters tip those waiters those future creators those future indie creators at the joy zone give them an opportunity to hang around stick around and create their wonderful art it's it's super important let's keep uh creating that's one thing i i want to focus more on <laughs> well, his, well, his, his show i mean go, go to his show go to iHeartRadio, spotify itunes and soundcloud 
and listen to the or and listen to the whole show because there's a lot of his music uh, intertwined into that show. It's a wonderful show. Get a good sense of what he's about, and uh, who knows, maybe you find yourself a favorite musician. Do you believe mm. in aliens? I mean, I don't know how you could. He spent a lot of time at Burning Man. I'm sure he's seen a couple. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Where does life end and non-life begin? I'm, that's what I try to understand. I'm, I look around the universe and I'm like, okay, just just because it's a star, does that mean it's not alive? I I consider everything I can see well, with my own eyes some sort of alien. I don't know if you guys saw in Forbes magazine just about two weeks ago they announced that there's 36 other. Uh, planetary systems with living life on it. Forbes magazine. <laughs> no, they didn't say potential. No, they said there are. <laughs> nope. It's hilarious. They just put it out that way in Forbes. <laughs> Pretty confident of Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Like, what? Well, why would they report that? And uh, they, it was not if or possible. It was there are. <laughs> I guess it's in line with the government's release of the UFO files as well. So apparently we are not alone. Yeah. We are like not it. alone. Well, how does that, how, do, how, how does the unknown, well, there must be when, like, when you get into this celestial connectedness and you peer out into the stars and you take that moment and you look out, it's definitely, it's definitely wide open territory out there there's got to be something out there right there's got to be absolutely uh, i mean good lord no doubt in my mind billions and billions remember carl sagan billions and billions and billions of stars you know he'd be like and he'd be like yeah man there's got to be there's no way we are alone and there's got to be more intelligent life in the universe than us Oh my God! Are we gonna survive ourselves? Well, we're in ourselves? our infancy. We're in our infancy. <laughs> no, but you gotta fit. Well, you, you gotta you gotta assume that not everybody's in their infancy, right? There's gotta you gotta have to assume that there's intelligent life somewhere out there. And maybe wow. maybe we're just in a uh, simul one of their simulations. Who knows? You know, the probability of of being in someone else's simulation is probably higher than actually being alive. Sometimes it feels that way. I hung out with some good astrophysicist and he took us to the boundary of the universe and then back again. And I was like, what is all this about? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Here, here, here's, here's a good question for random, random rap. Is that like, if you were an alien and you never saw this planet in action, what would you think? I would probably be most interested in the penguins because they're like down on the cool, like, they're like living by themselves in this awesome island at the bottom of the planet, just totally vibing and getting along great, raising their- Only have to dodge the whales and the seals. Hey, I'm like, these guys got it figured out. If Random Rap was an alien, he would colonize with a bunch of penguins down in South yeah. Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's maybe that's, that's where they are time. random rab maybe the aliens are down there that's hey, why we can't find them <laughs> have you gone to the winter world and like that kind of deep icy place and produce music or performed but i have okay. been okay. in the north northern reaches of canada um mostly in the summertime i played one festival it wasn't the opposite it was the summertime where the sun only set for like an hour and that was really cool to be at a festival where the sun just kind of just went down below the horizon and came yeah. right yeah. back up and just like it's mm -hmm. endless day. Let's talk about why Random Rab is so relevant to today's world and what kind of impact that uh, he has on his audience and why it's relevant. 
Suzanne, can you lead us into that one? I think you're mo- you're very important, as I mentioned in the beginning, uh, that your music, when I was introduced to your music, it was medicine to my vibrational frequency. Since I work with sound and uh, frequency and harmonics and the Earth's resonance and electromagnetic field, Random Rabbit, actually, you have a really beautiful power because you have an alchemy and understanding of nature and the universe, and you weave that into your music really beautifully. So the the medicine to listen to his albums end on end on end never gets old because it's constantly like recalibrating your system. And then they have different, sometimes different little calling cards. Like uh, if you need to get out of your shadow, it can help, you know, unlock that key as he mentioned. Um, and I think it would be really important if we all got out on a Mesa with him right now to help reboot our system. Uh, and if we can't all get together, then it would be great just to put on a headset and maybe do it all at the same time, even if it's... I think the federal government should contract him to blast his music out over any protests that are going on right now. Any, <laughs> any, any, any havoc, just blast random rap out over the audience and let them fall into a state of peace. Bliss. Maybe if, I mean, if I could make one request, the better, maybe if the cops, you know, instead of a siren, they could just blast my tunes. Don't they go yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. How about the riddle? <laughs> yeah. oh. No, go. I mean, that, that's pretty much pretty much where I'm going in terms of in terms of how some musicians, some artists, some people that make a special effort to bring in what's best in the world, to bring divinity up through their tones, through their music, out to an audience, can be a, a sobering, calming. Uh, reflective experience. Well, I just like to think of it as, it's, you know, so often our society and as people, especially in Western culture or in the United States, we're caught up in happy and sad. That's just sort of like, no one wants to be sad. Everyone wants to be happy and everyone wants to kind of represent themselves as happy or I'm a happy time or I'm happy on Instagram, I'm happy Facebook or whatever. It seems to be sort of like an important thing but i think that we need we've, we've forgotten about sorrow and joy you know you can you can still be sad but feel the joy of the universe you can still be sad but feel or uh, happy but feel the sorrow of everything and really trying to get away from this sort of feeling that being happy or sad and like how important those things are and really being aware that it's it's not about happy and sad, it's about sorrow and joy, which to me kind of represent a deeper, a more honest connection with reality because it's just, there's so much to be sorrowful about. There's so much to have joy. And don't don't be so hard on yourself to be happy all the time. You know, that's, that's like, like let, let, let go of that pressure that you're supposed to be happy. And I think that once we can let go of that, then we can actually experience the true joy of what the of, of what being alive is all about. And I, I try to, when I'm creating music, I always try to remember, yeah, things can be happy and sad, but I always try to remember like really tuning in to sorrow and joy and how closely re- related they are and how important it is to be able to experience both of those simultaneously. And when you get that cert- that sweet spot right in between the two, that's bliss. And that's, and that's what I hope to share with people. Well, in the... The trees, uh, you know, and this has been a theme of the lungs. That's where in Chinese medicine we carry grief or sorrow, and it can get stagnated. And our heart center is what carries the joy. Uh, and so, if those both are constantly uh, regenerating, you w- you do need to shed uh, the sorrow, uh, be with the sorrow, and then roll into joy. 
and sometimes you know that's the things that get you through death is allow you to laugh and cry and laugh and cry uh, so the system's staying clear and balanced. Well, R well Random Rap definitely is an indie creator in the joy zone and he represents pretty much the best of what we're trying to do here on this particular show so it's really wonderful having you here sharing your thank you sharing your insights into your music share it with, and on the show you will share your music and that's that's awesome for us and our long beach audience to get tuned in and turned on by a, a, a frequency that should take them into the joy zone for sure really what we're trying to do here on the station is trying to show people different ways and give them different examples and bring in leaders and mentors in terms of people that specialize in making other people happy. Joyful, <laughs> joyful, joy, joy. Or happy, whatever it is. Mean. <laughs> happy, sad, as long as you feel something. That's all, that's my. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're emotive, we're emotive beings. Yeah, Aww. exactly. Sometimes people, when they cry, that's the, they're, they're the most grateful they've ever been. You know, like, you made me cry. It's like, that's awesome. You know, they made them laugh, yeah. whatever. Like, just feel, just feel life. Just feel it deep in your bones. And like, cause, being numb is just that's that's the hardest part i think the hardest part about this life let's let's uh transition out with one of his new songs let's go player
Hey, hey. Back to Indie Creators in the Joy Zone. You can find us on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And uh, we have uh, Martina Hoffman coming up next, uh, right? That's right. And we just uh, let out of one of Random Rab's new songs, The Space Between, which is what I think we all feel like we're in right now. I just love <laughs> riding that wave that he sets up. Right into Martina. Uh, uh, and she takes us to the space between. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we go from we go from that, uh, that musician into the creator of space with sound right into... Uh, a more classical type of an artist who creates space on canvas and multi-dimensional uh, art portals. I think she mentioned in her interview. Multi-dimensional <laughs> art portals. Can you imagine to have that level of talent and get that on a canvas and and do what Random Rab does just by looking at a canvas? You know what? How about her an art exposition with Random Rab's music playing in the gallery? Well, we'll have to get. Oh uh, my God, that'd be a great combination between those two. Absolutely, and a couple of her counterparts, uh, Autumn Sky and then Amanda Sage, they do live performance art, and I'm quite certain that Random Raps probably played in the background while they create in an evening event. It's quite magical to see what happens. Now these two would be a, these two would be a creative, artistic marriage right there. Absolutely, take you to places that you never thought you'd ever imagine. And then seeing. all we gotta do is get Mickey Willis in there to listen to that, and then capture it on camera. <laughs> It'll be a whole virtual vortex. We may not come out until we get to the other side. It'll be like that movie Palm Springs. We'll we'll break through a quantum loop. <laughs> oh my God! That uh, what was the name of that wonderful director that we had on? Neil. Del Monte. Neil, Neil Del Monte. Oh, get him in there to create a film based on Random Rab, uh, Miss Hoffman's painting, and get Mickey Willis in there to create some politics while he makes a film. <laughs> he, he's right there. He's up, up. That's up his alley. He loves ghosts and uh, quantum theory. There you go. We got the we got the alien musician. We got the ghost quantum theory guy, and we got this uh, visionary. How did you describe her work? A visionary artist that takes us into art portals. She had some wonderful, wonderful insights for us in terms of her own process and in terms of how she uh, has this wonderful routine and how she focuses and, and goes. Uh, and she also went into you know, that wonderful relationship she had with her, or her husband who's passed recently and uh, talked so well about how that relationship uh, inspired her and informed her current art. Yes, and her ability to just be at ease in her mastery, you know. Uh, I think many artists out there might be able to relate to uh, maybe some writer's block or doubt or questioning. And she is so confident and comfortable in her, her ability to create and just slips into that meditative repose. It's really beautiful and you can see it. It in her paintings. Well, she's world-renowned, and she's—I mean, imagine how difficult that is these days to become a world-renowned artist uh, uh, on the canvas these days with all these different mediums that everybody's competing with. I mean, that's quite. Uh, gosh, what a talent! Let, let's listen to what she has to say. Let's do it. So you're not so much interested in reflecting what's happening; you're interested in putting a solution within your work. Yes, yes. I, I mean, I feel that, that as, a, as a visionary artist or as an artist per se, um, I have a, 
I have I do have a responsibility because what what I paint will affect people. You know, you, you're watching, you're looking at a at a painting or an image, it's gonna affect you in some way, it's gonna imprint you. And through being imprinted with whatever experience comes from the outside, that also changes your consciousness and your, your reality because you start attracting that which now lives inside of you. So I feel that for myself, I've always chosen to portray um, the, the light or energy that is, uh, that is a resource for us to, to, feel, um, to feel connected. I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my path. I don't criticize any other expression. I feel the dark side and the shadow is a very, very important thing to express. But for me personally, I prefer to express the, um, the light and the, the energetic part of, of our existence. And uh, the shadow, I just work out in my own dark, dark room. And... <laughs> I like well, that. The sh- <laughs> the shadow, well, the shadow seems to be accessible to everyone. Uh, yes. the, the light, uh, you know, a mature light doesn't seem to be accessible to everyone or the ability to allow higher states of consciousness to work out the problems and to reflect something of value intrinsically to our virtue as human beings uh, is 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 what you're suggesting because at this point you know your stuff is powerful you know that it influences people and changes minds and you can see the reactions and what they walk off with a painting is kind of interesting it's paint a really good painting it's just like a really good movie it it, it stays with you and it, it you walk around with it and, it and it doesn't just sit there imagination takes it and starts putting it into action and giving meaning to these things so the intent of the artist uh, is truly, truly important. And on a global scale, for an artist to realize that, especially the young artists that are delving into the dark and because that's all they can sort of attach themselves to, know that your work will be that much better by having that and then shedding some light in there and boom, now you've got some serious dynamic going on in your music, your dance, your movies, your politics. And I love what you said about thinking, uh, thinking, acting lo- locally and then uh, acting locally and then perceiving globally or whatever, however you said it. Yeah, and thinking globally. Yeah, it's a slogan that was uh, developed in the 50s, I believe, by this, um, forget, uh, what's his name? Um, anyway, but, but I, I really enjoy this because it's, it's really what's, what's, what's at stake for me. You know, this is what we need to be doing. We need, I, I think it's wonderful to, to, uh, to have, uh, to really focus on our local communities and to, to, to make our immediate environment as beautiful and as, as, as healthy and sane as we can, we can manage. And, uh, but also to consider the, the whole, because we are at the end of the day, we're a global family. You know who we got to have on, Suzanne? We got to have Martina and Kat Haber on because those two highly intelligent, wild, dynamic women, you guys would like possibly solve the world's problems between the two of you. <laughs> because because Kate, Kate, we were talking about even uh, in one of our shows with Kat, we were talking about politics and uh to expect the fe- our federal government really to act quickly or do anything effectively is absolutely a joke. So to turn our attention locally where we have actually control and we can do certain things and take responsibility instead of just running around screaming our heads off at a b- bunch of people that can't move quick enough to do anything is ridiculous when you can, you know, 
uh, act in your own backyard and create your own little groups to fix things and make smooth things over and go down to your local governments and try to get those folks to see that there are uh, issues in, within the city that the city itself can solve, not have to go out to, outside of the state or the feds. But uh, uh, that's another form of artistry uh, that I wish more politicians w- would sort of see through the eyes of an artist. And, and I guess maybe one or two have. Uh, but it, that vision that you have that you create your work with in the hands or in the eyes or the feelings of a politician, wow, that would create a whole nother level of politics that we haven't really seen here. Well, maybe we don't need politicians. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, because so much is possible through the creators of the, the infrastructure of a city, through the re- people doing the restaurants and the galleries and the shops and the gardens. Uh, it, you know, maybe it's less less politics. <laughs> they, they say you can determine the consciousness of a community based on how it governs itself. Mm-hmm. Um, how many does it, you know, a highly evolved society doesn't need police, <clears throat> but we're hardly a, we're hardly an evolved society. <laughs> we're like little, we're like little children over here running around screaming and punching and breaking stuff. It's like, it's like a bunch of two-year-olds have been, two-year-olds with bats have been let free in the, in the, uh, in the daycare center and just said, Hey, go have fun. <laughs> it's, it's like America's become like a bunch of spoiled entitled children and it seems like our well which reminds me of something robert used to say he used to call america an aggressive kindergarten (laughs) (laughs) so for that but there's also but there's something i mean there's something beyond because i mean all my life i've been going back and forth between my native europe and and the united states and i fell in love with america for very specific reason and that's the that's the the openness of America for certain. I mean, generally speaking, of course, you know that's not true for. We can't just say America, but but when America is good, it's really good because there's as as bad as it can get, as it might be right now, it can also be that good because America is always the first one to to implicate changes, at first in in small. Um, uh, Revolutionary. Wow, what a treat to actually conclude our best of show with Martina's wisdom and her artwork. She really does take you into a whole other universe with her ability to transport us through the visual images and even her words and all her beautiful solutions that she has for local communities to spiral out as we move into this new phase of humanity. Yeah, once again, you can find our entire interview on iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, SoundCloud. So how blessed are we to get to revisit all these amazing shows and all the additional shows that we've put together. I'm so looking forward to inviting some new indie creators onto our program. And it's been such a treat to fill up on all this wisdom well, this is just a podcast, so we're going to be going blogcast next week. So we'll, you'll be able to watch us actually put the show together and uh, you'll be able to see our guests and uh, uh, interact with them. So we're very excited about re- returning to the blog, although the podcast will still exist. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Thomas. So we're going to exit out with a little random rap, Earth and Sun, and then also with Apple D. App 
his solo song, You Can Dream. Wow. You might want to sit back and enjoy. I know a lot of things that you're probably going through And don't nobody feel them like the way that you do And you won't talk about it when I say what's up I guess that means that you're down on your luck No sunshine, just gray skies And I know it's so hard just to stay alive When your whole life seems like one lie But you can make it, all it takes is one try It's your life, everything don't always seem right You don't always have to be right You gotta be strong sometimes in your life If you fall down, just know it's alright Another day, so it's something new. So how you gonna act like it's all through? Everybody get clouds on a sunny day. It can always go good or go your way. They used to always tell me no, but I kept trying. By accomplishing my dreams, and I'm still trying. If they say you can't make it, that's one lie. But you could do it, all it takes is one try. It's your life, everything don't always seem right. You don't always have to be right. You gotta be strong sometimes in your life. If you fall down, just know it's alright. Alright.
your hosts, Suzanne Toro and Thomas Artivani. Hey, hey, let's enter into the joy zone with these indie creators. Follow, follow the sun, and which way the wind blows when this day is done. Set your intentions, dream with care. Tomorrow's a new day for everyone. A brand new moon.